Welcome to Rogue Bows, the basketball series. Good to have everyone back again. A lot to get through today. Crazy, crazy week of NBA trades, NBA finals kicking in. We've got our final four. And it's Super Bowl Monday, and we're both not watching, Pro. Yeah, yeah, Bogues. It's one of those things, man. I, I, I've been, I've been slacking all year in the NFL. You know, I, I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I had some sessions tonight, and you know, I, I'll, I'll watch, I watch some five minute highlight of it, and you know, watch people argue for another thirty eight minutes, and you know, so fuck that. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm tired of arguing, man. Looks like a good one. I got it on in the Is background. It, who, at time of recording, it's 35 all with one minute and 35 seconds nice. left. So it could go to overtime, nice. which would be interesting. Yeah. But uh, very high scoring for Super Bowl. Anyway, we're not here to talk football. Let's get rolling. A lot to get through, especially with the trade stuff. So without further ado, let's get on to our teams of the week. I'm going to go the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, whenever you win 10 straight pro, you got to get team mm-hmm. of the week, even though it was over the course of a couple of weeks. Playing really good basketball, solid week for them. They beat the Lakers, the Clippers, Portland, and Miami. So Lakers kind of crappy. Clippers are solid. Portland are, you know, okay, and Miami are very solid. So I think four, four good wins. Uh, Middleton's playing back into form slowly. They're bringing him off the bench um, after his rehab with the – I think it was his knee, wasn't it? Um, coming back from that, and he's slowly playing into form. He's key for them. He provides a, a, a legitimate second scoring option after Giannis. Um, just provides a bit more calm, good mid-range game, can knock down the three, can really go on on, on some heaters with some points in, in, a, in a hurry. So he's going to be huge. And I kind of always said that they're, they're going to look to have him peak in you know April, March, April. There's no reason for him to be playing 35 minutes right now. And, and I think they're doing it perfectly. They're still second in the East with a with a you know former All-Star in Middleton coming off the bench and playing a little bit of minutes. I love that. Um Going to be a question of who gets taken out of the rotation for them. I guess when when he's he's fully healthy and starting, um, probably going to be a fight for Grayson Allen, Connaughton, and Ingles. It'll be those three that probably play f- for those remaining minutes. So that'll be interesting to see who takes those. I mean, Joey's been playing pretty well off the bench. Um, Grayson Allen's been inconsistent, but had some real big games for him, especially from the three-point line, volume three-point shooter, and Connaughton's just really solid for him. So it'll be interesting to see what take they go, Pro. But uh, the Milwaukee Bucks get the nod this week for me, Pro. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I had the same. I mean, they're playing great. Um, you know, Middleton really isn't playing great, but you, like you said, he's he's coming into form. Um, a lot more isolation. He played well last game. I think he yeah. had 20... He had 20, 20 and 20 minutes last game, so he's yeah. starting to get a little bit better. Yeah, I think he's averaging like 18 over the last four, and he's getting up there, no doubt about it. Not shooting the ball well yet, but he, he's scoring for sure. Um, I think they're going to be fine, you know, and then we'll talk about the trade stuff that they that they picked up. But I I do think that like having, you know, having an extra ball handle and Joey coming off uh, starting with Holiday would be great for them. But I also, I think Ingles is good coming off the bench, you know, with Connaughton, you know, Crowder, Connaughton gives them sort of like, you know, gives them ball handling, gives them toughness, gives them shot making off the bench. Connaughton has been inconsistent, you know, shooting the ball, shooting the three. He's average shooting it. I think Joey's really coming to his own with that. And uh, Wes, Wes Matthews has been up and down as well. I I think they're really good. They're a really good team. They move the ball. They're big. They defend. Um, they can shoot it. They can score. 
they got multiple guys. You know, it's really hard to like just key in on on Giannis or you know or Middleton or what have you. I mean, they just spread you out. They could shoot it. They could guard. Uh, they move the ball. They they pull for each other. It's a it's a good group. And and Budenhauser looks like he's a thousand years old in that bench. I mean, he his eyes are bloodshot every time you see him. He it's, it's like old Yella at the end. Like you wanted this old Johnny to come out with a shotgun and put him out of his fucking misery, but like it, he's he looks miserable on that sideline, man. I I just think he wants to win so bad, and you know it's uh it's an interesting group. I think they're gonna. I think them in Boston hopefully will be the Eastern Conference Finals. I would love to see it, but I agree. I, I got I got Milwaukee as well. And I think they. I think they can. They're probably the best suited team to push Boston. To be honest with you, I mean, people might say Philly, but I think Milwaukee Boston in a Conference Finals would be a hell of a series. Um, every chance that goes six seven games, just a lot of cross matches and mismatches in different positions. You know, you got Middleton and guys that aren't known for guarding, probably having to guard a Tatum or a Brown. And then on the other side, who to guards Giannis, you know. So I think it's going to provide a really unique matchup and hopefully they're both healthy and we can see that. So looking forward to that one. All right, my week, my team of the week, uh, that is no good. I got to give it to the Spurs, man. Whenever you lose, and once again, it's not just the last week, but you lose 12 straight. I mean, a storied franchise like that. And I just pulled up their starting lineup from one of their last games, pro, and I, I don't even know who a few of the guys are. Um, maybe I'm showing my age, but they're starting at guard, Malaki Branham, who I have no idea. I don't know too much about him, going to be honest. Josh Richardson, we know who he, who he is. Um, Jacob Pertle, uh, Bates the Op, Keldon Johnson, and then their bench. And Richardson's gone the bench. too. They just traded him. Yeah, he's gone now. Yeah, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um Isaiah Roby off the bench, Doug McDermott, Zach Collins, Blake Wesley, and Stanley Johnson. That, that roster would... Yeah, could struggle in the G League at times, pro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not. They're not looking good. Uh, they, as it stands right now, Houston. You better watch out because the Spurs are nipping at your ankles. The Spurs are fourteen and forty-three. The Houston Rockets are thirteen and forty-three. They're half a game away from Victor Sweepstakes, pro. So you got to give it to them. They, they look like absolute shit. Um, <laughs> they're, they're in ultimate tank mode. I get it. Mm. But to have them lose and the way they've lost the last 12, Pro, that's that's probably what's more concerning. It's just completely capitulated for them. They're getting blown out by shitty teams. It's just not something that you're, you're used to seeing from the glorious Greg Popovich and, and the esteemed Spurs um, franchise. But you look at, you know, the last they lost to Atlanta by double digit, you know, 125, 106. They then lost to Detroit, who are no good, 130 by seven. They lose to Toronto by 14. They lose to Chicago by 24. These aren't just losses, pro. These are <laughs> every one of their games. In fact, they've only had one game uh, in single digits in the last 10. So um, just getting absolutely pummeled, and they had to get the nod for, for one of the weakest teams in the league this week, bro. Bogues, when you're on a mission for a guy like this and and I don't even know how good, you know, the French kid's going to be, uh, Victor's going to be, you know, physically in the league. I have no idea. I mean, I know he's super talented. But when you get a guy like this in the draft and there's not a guy like this in the draft every year, even if he's going to be a superstar or a bust, um there isn't a guy with this type of height, you know, that comes around every every year in the draft. It might come every six or seven or ten or you know years in the draft, and you you gotta do it. You gotta tank with no, just no feeling. Just say, guys, we don't care. We can lose by four hundred, and we don't care. We don't care. Like 
you got to do it because this franchise is going nowhere fast. Their young players aren't great. Um, you know, I like Trey Jones. I like, you know, like, uh, you know, Keldon Johnson's okay, but you know, it's not, he's not my, my cup of tea at all. Like you're not going forward with these guys. I like Vassell. He's good. Devin Vassell. He's really good. The kid from Florida state, the two guard averaging 19. I like him. Yeah. He's got a chance to be pretty good, but like everything is for this. Everything's for that guy, as we know. And, you can't care, folks. Like, like you like you know what? We're gonna get laughed out of the building. We're literally gonna be semi, you know, this Will Ferrell and semi pro part two, and that's it. We're we're gonna be a laughing stock. But we gotta do what we gotta do to get this kid because, as we seen, have we seen in free agency, no one wants to go to San Antonio anymore. You know, it's got nothing. I don't. I don't think it's got anything to do with like pop or anything like that. But they just don't want to go. Like city wise. Like they're not winning, first of all. It's not a great city to live in. Um, you know, the only way you're gonna go there is they way overpay you. You know, the only reason why guys went there on on you know on budgets, you know, eight, nine, ten, twelve years ago, because they were winning. They were winning very well. And they and they, they had the thing rolling. No one wants to go there anymore. You know, it, it's not that type of situation anymore. So they gotta do what they gotta do to get this kid. Because in the draft, it's one, two, and then G League. That's it. Like, there's not much coming up in the draft after the first two picks. You know, as far as like te- the players that could be, you know, that they- that could really make make differences. I'm I'm sure there'll be good players that get drafted that no one really knows about right now. But that's it. And they're all in mode. They got to do it because their team's not very good. They don't have a lot of talent on their team. And you know, it's not like Oklahoma City where they got all those picks and they hit the picks. You know, they haven't really hit on many picks in a while. They've got a couple of decent players they've drafted, but they, they, they haven't really hit on picks. And they haven't really drafted high enough to get a great one. So they're just going to do anything they want. They're going to trade. I knew they were going to trade Poto away. I thought maybe Dallas would take him. Well, you know, we'll talk about the Dallas thing in a minute. But, like, you know, so they, 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 they trade Poto out. Like, he was their best player at the time. They got Kel, in my opinion. Then they got Keldon Johnson jacking up shots. Vassell's decent. McDermott's doing what he can, but man, they're they're a tough they're a tough team to watch. They really are. And I always say this: it's it's very dangerous to go into a blatant tank the way they are for your young players. And you've been on this side of things with player development. Is you know you never want losing to become immune and just become. Yep, cool. We lost another game, right? And and when you tank for the listeners out there, you know you are strategically trying to lose to get a pick, but it can have a detrimental effect to your young guys because all of a sudden, let's say one of the young guys in a year gets a nice contract from the Spurs. Okay, we see this guy as a future. We're going to pay him. Oh shit, we've been losing the last two years, so hmm, don't really have to incentivize winning. As long as I get my numbers, I'm going to get paid again. And and then that's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous precedent. You've got to be very very careful. And there's there's a strategy. Within tanking now, benefit of the doubt, Spurs are probably the one team with, you know, that are a bit more disciplined with 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 everyday things. Um, that when they flick that switch back to demand professionalism and have a squad, they could probably do it a bit quicker than other teams. But you've got to be da- you, you got to be careful. It's a dangerous slippery slope that can go the other way. Yeah, it is. It, it is because this league's hard to win in. It really is hard. You know it, Bogues. You've been on every type of team possible in the nba from championship to complete fucking joke and everything in between you know you've seen every type of team that like an organization type of organization going 
and it's tough and you need talent. It's not college. You're not going to play, you know, you're not going to play some like team that you're going to pay 25 grand, 30 grand to that you know you're going to beat by 40. Everybody's got NBA players on their team. And, you know, even a, a really bad team can get you. And it's really, forget about every given night. I'm talking about over a course of a season just winning. And it's hard to put, you just can't, like, you can't just get cap room and say, okay, we got all this cap room. We're going to be good because you got to get the right fit of players. You got to get the Alfred dogs. You got you to get the Tarzan and the Jane. You got to get the guys that are, you know, Alfred dogs and the guys that could really take being in a role player. That's not like, you know, that's not somebody that's going to jack up shots. You need a lot of that. And, and it just seems like they're all over the place. Like I like Trey Jones. I like Vassell. I would trade Keldon Johnson um, you know, I like Doug Verdurman coming off the bench, but these aren't guys that could really win you games. You know, Keldon Johnson can get you points and he can put up numbers, but he can't win you games. I'll tell you what, the kid who's entertaining to watch, and I don't know if you've watched him a lot, is this kid Sochan. Sohan, have you seen him? The kid who's like Rodman. Um, yep. Yeah, I like him. because he One-hand free throws? Yeah, the one-hand free throws. Who, who at one point was shooting 70% doing it that way. But like, I like that guy because he plays with energy. He plays – he's like a Rodman without a lot of the other stuff. But he, like, rebounds. He plays hard. He, his shooting's getting a little better. But, like, they're bad. And, look, man, it's tough. Like, Oklahoma City, I told you, Sam Presti, in my opinion, is the best GM in the league. It's not – you know, it's not even close. And what they do is they acquire what they acquire. They know the players they're going to acquire and they're going to trade off. They're going to get you for picks. They're going to try to, like, you know, acquire really good players that you're going to have to give them a treasure chest worth of stuff. And they're going to continue to, you know, work their guys. They're going to be really bad. They're going to keep coaching their guys up. But they're going to have this. They're going to inject themselves with young talent that they've have in the past. Like, you know, you think the Clippers, if you think about it, like, you think the Clippers want that SGA trade back, maybe, with Paul George. SGA is one of the best players in the league right now. And, like, Oklahoma City's been able to flip players and picks for other really good players and picks down the line. And now they're look, they've got a really good coach. They've got guys who fight. They've got players who are good guys that are talented, that that are fighting. I just don't see that out of the Spurs group. Like I like Trey Jones, he's a solid starting point guard. Vassell's a really a good player. But like after that, I don't really see a lot. You know, Zach Collins is okay. You know, Sohan's like a, like I said, energy guy. Stanley Johnson, you know, end of your bench guy, end of your rotation guy. Romeo Langford, eh? You know, Charles Bassey, eh? Come on, you know, McDermott, I, he's decent, but like they're going all in on this tank. And if they don't get him, you know, I, I've seen this happen. Like I've seen it when I was in Boston around the Boston situation when they tanked all year to get Duncan. They had two picks in the top five. And they didn't get, they didn't, they had two chances to get Duncan. And they thought, like, that's why Patino went to the Celtics, because he thought he was going to get Duncan, you know, because two chances of the top five, come on. And they, they missed out. And now look, they got a chance to get Chauncey Billups. They had a chance to get Tracy McGrady. They didn't. They got Billups and they traded him at, a, they traded him at about two months. And then um, they had a chance to get McGrady. But since he decommitted from Kentucky with Patino, <laughs> Patino passed on Tracy McGrady because he fucking decommitted from Kentucky. <laughs> that is one of the all-time fucking stories I've ever, seen, ever heard. But what I'm saying is, both. it's like 
not every draft you have a chance to get a guy like this. And then when you know this, like a lot of these teams that go all in on tanking, a lot of times they don't get the pick. And this isn't a this isn't a draft where there's like three, four big time difference makers. It's like this guy. Two. Well, Scoot's Scoot pretty Henderson, good, right? Yeah, Two. Scoot. Yeah. And then I don't know the draft well. I haven't started studying yet. I'll start studying in about a, a couple of weeks. But man, it's yeah, it's 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 bothersome a little bit, Bogues. I'll tell you that. Who you got this week? I've got the Houston Rockets. Anybody who can get Stephen Silas mad. <laughs> I've been with Steven for at least uh, like <laughs> Steven Silas is the nicest guy on the planet. Yeah. The nicest guy on the planet. I've been around a lot of NBA guys and there are a lot of bad NBA guys. A lot of guys that will cut your throat out. He might be the most like ethical, loyal, unbelievable human being. Like he sees the good in anybody. And to get him pissed. Fuck that. I'm putting them on there, man. There's no fucking chance. I mean, you know, like, I don't give a fuck if they won 10 in a row. I would have put them on there this week. That, that's You get Steven Silas mad, you get my vote. I mean, they've lost five in a row. They're not, I mean, look, I, I, I've told you this, you know, and, and a lot of shit that I say is a lot of it's tomfoolery. A lot of it I just like, you know, I like fucking around and getting a laugh out of people. But, like, when I say they're an AU team, that's what the fuck they are. And that's their approach. Like, you know, Jalen Green's been in the league for a couple of years now. Like, it's time to fucking man the fuck up and it's, it's time to, like, take this shit serious. Because, like you said, Bogues, you can't just turn it off and on when you want. Like, you know, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, you know, those guys are it. Like, those guys, like, in Jabari Smith, if they don't get it going, they're fucked. They're done. Sengun's good as well. Yeah, Sengun's good. Like, and Sengun's the guy. Sengun's right now, in my opinion, he's their best player to me. Like, I, I think Jalen Green might be their best talent all around. But yeah. Sengun's like mm-hmm. Sengun, or how the fuck you pronounce his name? Like that guy, like play, like he's like a Sabonis sort of type. Like he's tough, he's smart, does it all, does it all screens, scores in the post, faces you up. Plays hard, not that athletic. I get it. He, he he's not as talented as those as Green, Jabari Smith, or Porter Jr. But like those guys, got to start doing it, you know. Because again, like you know, they're gonna look. Remember, you are who you are in this league, in my opinion, Bogues. By year five, like you either take it serious and you're an all-star level player, or you're a good pro. By year five, you sort of figure out who you are in the NBA. Sometimes it happens in year one. A lot of times it happens in two or three. But by the second contract, you're basically in that role of whatever you're going to be. And if you you can't just turn this shit on, especially as years go on in this league. If you're a guy who just wants to get your numbers, then you're going to turn into one of those guys. And right now, Jabari Smith's trying. I just think he's had a, a tough tough bout of it you know throughout this year but green and porter like not it's not just about getting your points you gotta there's a lot of other things that go into this to make you a good nba player and a winning nba player and i know we talk about like veterans they don't really have veterans there and you know the only veteran they had is out the door now with gordon like but they're gonna have to figure it out because at some point houston's gonna have to make a decision are we paying these guys on the, you know, on, on the max deals on their second deals, or do we deal them for something else? You know, 
they're going to have to make a decision on these guys long term. And I just think that, you know, they got to start playing. And when, you, when you're going to piss off a coach in game like 55 and you're going to piss off a coach like that with lack of effort, I could see in November, you know, you're getting your legs under you, whatever. I, I don't think it's a great excuse, but like I could see that, especially a team like this. But you're in February now and you're not guarding and you're not having effort and you're just, you're letting this thing slip. And they're just, they're a joke. They're a complete fucking joke. They're a prime example of too much young talent. Um, and the dangers of having too much young talent. It's a, it's a constant wrestle. I guarantee you that locker room has a wrestle about who's the best player on any, any given night. Not openly, but it's kind of the tension in the room. Like, yeah, I scored my 30 tonight, yeah. but he didn't, you know. Um, and, and that's not, not a good place to be. They're, they're desperate to try and get veterans back there. No one wants to go there because mm-hmm. they suck. That they, they could really do well by signing two or three veterans, maybe even overpaying a little bit for them to get in there. They can, they can take minutes from these young guys, guys that can get in there and be like, hey, you don't want to play? Cool. You lose a minutes to that guy who's 13th year in the league and running on, a, on, on one kneecap, but you know he knows how to play and he plays the right way. So Houston are a perfect example of, you know, obviously they've, they've, they've tanked the last year or so, they've got their picks, but it's still not going anywhere and too much young talent. So you got to be careful. Like we said in the Spurs segment, it's a slippery slope. It's not as easy as just getting young talent. They're eventually going to lose one or two of those guys, I think, whether it be via trade or free agency. And then they'll probably regret, you know, oh, we should have kept that team together a la the Triple J's in Dallas or, you know, back in the 90s for all the, all the 80s and 70s babies. But um, that's, that's how the league goes. All right, let's get, on to the, let's get on to the trade stuff. A lot to get through. All right, we'll start with this. The Suns is the first one that pops up. Uh, I'm going to just go through NBA.com's trade, official trade tracker. That makes it all official. Suns get Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. And Nets receive a boatload of picks. Um, 23rd first round, 25th first round, 27th first round, 28th first round pick swap, 28th second round pick, 29th first round pick, 29th second round pick, Juan Pablo Valet, Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. Bucks receive Jay Crowder in that deal. And the Pacers receive George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Wara, three future second round picks and cash considerations. So those two teams were included, obviously, uh, to make the money and salaries work. First off, KD to Phoenix, are they championship favorites, bro? I think you got to put them right there, Bogues, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, uh, I think their bench obviously is going to take a little bit of a hit. You know, everybody moves up a spot. But, um, I mean, I think that starting five is as good as any other starting five in the league. And, I mean, obviously they got to gel together. But imagine, I don't know about Paul, you know, Chris Paul's health for the rest of the year. But, like, imagine, you know, you're going in there with Booker, Durant, Aiton, you know, and, and, and Chris Paul. I mean, that's that's a hell of a lineup. Who steals the four spot? That's the thing. They tried, they tried our guy, Jock, at the four spot uh, two games ago. That didn't go too well. Um, he didn't have the best game starting, but four is not his natural position, especially the way the game's played. Who, who nabs that four spot? Probably Torrey Craig? I would say Torrey Craig would, would – I think they're going to sort of – I think they'll play around with it, but I think Torrey Craig um, – I think Torrey Craig, I think I think Jock's going to – You know, I think you'll start seeing a revolving door of guys to see what happens with, with that spot, but they don't really have a lot of like – like, you know, before they had, you know, Jock, they had, you know, they had um, Saric, they had other guys, they had Crowder, the guys that could, you know, chance they could play Cam the four. Cam played yeah. So yeah. that's the spot they're going to be, you know, sort of trying to figure things out. And I think they got Darius Baisley, didn't they, from the, from um, Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm not a big Baisley fan. I don't think he's great, but, like, I think it's going to be a revolving door 
you know, you know how the Chicago Bulls in the '90s they had uh they had like three centers they kept on going in. I think they're gonna have the same. You know, they'll they'll be like the the spur. Mm. They'll be like them. They'll they'll be rotating in four four men instead of fives. You know, and, and maybe you'll see T.J. Warren at some four. You know, so like I, I think that they'll maybe yeah. yeah they'll revolve some guys in there. They did lose some defense though. They did lose two of the best. You know, well especially uh, Bridges, one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, Cam Johnson was definitely, you know, getting better and better defensively, some length. So they've lost some defense there. Um, they're not as deep, but anytime you can get a Kevin Durant, um, hopefully healthy sooner rather than later, they've got a guy that can score, especially in those bogged down playoff series. So I don't have them as favorites, but I definitely have them moving up in the West. I still think there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. Um, CP3's health, can they fit? I mean, you know, can CP and, and how long will CP and KD get into it? Um, you know, so mm-hmm. the way CP gets into every superstar. So that'll that'll be interesting. But um, that's probably the biggest, one of the bigger trades that in the Kyrie run, which we'll get to shortly. But that's um, that's going to be interesting. And, and the, the sneaky one, which we sp- spoke about, was Jay Crowder to the Bucks. We both discussed that probably last week or the week before as a guy that we thought the Bucks should circle, which would just complement the roster they have. Shit, they got it done. They got themselves involved in it. That's a huge underrated acquisition for Milwaukee. Um, gives them some toughness. Guy they can hit the three at the four. They can go small ball lineups with Giannis at the five. Um, I like what the Bucks did there. The Pacers obviously just did made some moves to shit some salary and whatnot. They've, wa- they've I think they've waived the Bucker already. I'm not sure about Jordan uh, George Hill. Yeah. Um, so don't really discuss them too much. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, and then the Nets. I mean, they they get a young star and rising star in, in Bridges and, and Cam Johnson who we don't know where the ceiling is at and they get a shitload of picks. I mean, they're basically, the Nets are where they were be- before they signed that big three with all the picks they had and they got Bridges and Johnson out of it at least. So, um, they're, they're back to <laughs> rewind three, four years ago when they were that young up-and-coming team that played, remember they played Philly in that playoff series and it was back and forth and all the shit talking and they still lost but they were that young up-and-coming team. Well, they're back at that stage again I think with Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah, the, Ben Simmons is the only thing that I, I'm, you know, that just sort of ruins it for them. But like to me, they're a little better off than now than they were before they made the trades and stuff. Like with, you know, like you said, where they were before they got Katie and those guys. Like I think that um, Claxton it might be a, you know, right around where Jared Allen was. I I think Bridges is better than um, you know Dimwitty where Dimwitty was or Levert was. You know, when they made those trades, like to get him, they got Claxton him. The picks will be okay. The picks will be probably in the 20s. But then Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Spencer Dinwiddie, I think is better now than he was, you know, uh, you know when he was there before, before they start, before they shipped everybody out. So I do think they're a little bit better, but they wasted three or four years of getting to this point. And it sucks, but that's just sort of what it is. I mean... Look, they. I think they did what's best for their team, and we'll talk about the Dallas trade in a minute. But I think like the the picks plus Bridges, you know, and Claxton's really come along as as a good player. But now they got Simmons, you know, and and that sort of puts a a dot clock. He's coming off the bench, still pro. Yeah, that's got to hurt. I mean, he's yeah. You know, they blew up their team. They got no max guys really besides himself. Yeah. And they've made a trade and he lost his minutes instantly to the guys they got in trade. Guys didn't even, they just jumped off the plane, they hadn't got their luggage yet and he's still coming off the bench. So I know there were rumors that they were trying to unload him at all costs, but um, man, it's quite a fall from yeah, grace. Yeah, and Bogues, like when you're acquiring players in this league, you know, you acquire players that are either going to help you and you're going to get them for all their talent and then you're just going to get rid of them at some point. 
uh, or you get guys that are going to have value that you could trade, you know, for future assets down the line. Or the last one, which Simmons is, someone that you're going to have to put capital behind to attach to to get them off your books. So, like in reality, to get off Simmons's money, you'd probably have to give up two, if not three, of those picks. You know, maybe you put some protection mm-hmm. on those picks, but like that's what it's going to take to get Simmons out the door. I don't think they want to like. Then they're probably not happy with Simmons. They 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 sort of see him for some type of talent, but like you're paying that guy that much money, and and in reality, he is coming off the bench because, look, he can't shoot. He doesn't want to shoot. Uh, we you know we could go through all that stuff, but like you know where they are now, like Dimwitty, Cam Thomas, Bridges, and you know put Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal, whatever. It's the one, two, three, and four. You know, like I like Simmons's passing and stuff, but. You know, I just – they are what they are right now. But, like, Cam Thomas is another one that, like, they didn't – they 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 seen him develop over the last couple of years. I'm not a huge fan. I think he's a low, efficient gunner that could score points, as we saw, you know, I think two or three straight 40-point games. Um, he could really score it, but, like, not a huge fan. But they do have some talent. They got young guys that will fight – you know, I, I love Dorian. I love Royce O'Neal. Claxton plays hard. You know, Bridges plays hard. Um, they're going to have to acquire a scorer, in my opinion, like a real scorer. Uh, Dinwiddie could score a little bit. Bridges ain't really a scorer. But, like, they do have guys that are going to compete every night. They're going to guard. They're going to be up-tempo when they want to be. I like Dinwiddie. He's pretty exciting. You know, they got a little bit of shooting with Harris and Curry, you know, coming off the bench. Um, it'll be, it'll be an interesting deal for sure. But, um, you know, Hey, look, Brooklyn had to do what they had to do. It moves them down as well pro next season. So that they're on, they're at 157 million this season. They dropped to 145 and then 78 the season after. So they've shed a bunch of salary. 145 as of today would put them in 22nd in the league in salary. So they've done a great job saying, you know what, we're not, we're not going to be a championship contender anymore. We're going to get some young assets and some picks, and we're going to shed salary. So they could they could afford to keep you know Ben Simmons and stay at that salary floor as well. If, you know if they get rid of him for nothing, they're going to have to take something back just as bad. So um, maybe they just keep him on the roster. But um, yeah, good trade all around for everyone. I think there were there were numerous winners in this one. So good job to all teams involved there. The next one we have uh, Mason Plumley, which was kind of a strange one. Mason Plumley to the Clippers for Reggie Jackson and a second round pick. So they just need some backup for Zubats. I mean, Zubats generally plays 20 to 25. Um, they had Hartlestein last season who had a great year there and then moved on to New York all the season before. Um, and I guess they needed a backup big. The problem is Mason Plumley and Zubats probably relatively the same numbers. So the question is going to be, we still think Zubats will start. He's got a bit more size and strength and probably a better role player. But Plumlee is also a very good player. So that'll be an interesting one. I don't think we have to get into that one too much, Pro. Um, 76 is acquire Jalen McDaniels, a 24 second round and a 29 second round. For Mayich, how do you pronounce that? My Mykeluk Mayichuk. <laughs> There you um, go. Good luck with that one. 23 second round pick, 27 second round pick. Cam, uh, Trailblazers, no, Trailblazers received Cam Reddish, who's been bounced around a few times now, hasn't played. Uh, he, he actually played in his first game and played pretty well. Matisse Thibel, our guy, Aussie, uh, he's gone over there. And Ryan Arcidiacono, one of your Italian brethren, and a 23 first round pick. So great for Matisse to get out of Philly and maybe find a better role. Portland definitely can use Matisse because they need some defense. So I like that acquisition by them and I'll give him a chance to play. The Knicks in that deal received Josh Hart. I think this is a, a really quiet, underrated move. I think he will excel in Thibodeau's system. 
plays very hard, great defender, actually a good finisher in the paint for the most part, draws a lot of contact and gets out on the open floor. So I like that move by the Knicks as well, Pro. I'm not sure about your thoughts on any of those. Yeah, I mean, I like I like Fable and uh, I like Matisse in, in Portland for sure. And I'll tell you what, I wasn't really high on Cam Reddish. I watched, I did a little bit of a deep dive on him the last couple of days just to, just to watch him. He's not bad. He, he's, he reminds me a little bit of like, He's got a little Trevor Ariza in him. You know, long athletic guy. I don't know if he guards like that. Trevor really didn't guard like that when he came in the league. But I think Dybul will be good, you know, with with all the offense they got in their starting lineup. They really they really need somebody who can guard. And I think that, you know, with Simons and Lillard, you know, neither one of them really defend that well. Uh, Dybul, you know, and Jeremy Grant in that lineup would be good. I think that would be good for for him. And uh, New York, I like Hart. I know Hart rebounds. He plays hard. I think it's a really good acquisition for Tibbs. He's a Tibbs kind of guy. He plays hard. He's going to help that team. Um, you know, not a great player or anything, but he guards. He rebounds. He, you know, he's an athletic kid. Uh, college college teammate with Jalen Brunson, so that'll be interesting. There was a lot of social media hype with that because you know Brunson was excited to have him. Um, but I. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I, I, I like those trades for both teams. Yeah. Likewise, our Clippers, the Clippers get uh, Eric Gordon and three future second-round picks. The Rockets receive John Wall, Danny Green, who has just been waived uh, and protected pick swap, and the Grizzlies receive Luke Kennard. I think the Grizzlies have done well getting another shooter there. Luke Kennard, I like that. Eric Gordon, the Clippers, huge pickup in my opinion. I think he can really help them, provide a bit more sh- shooting, a nice veteran that knows his role. John Wall to the Rockets is hilarious because only a month or two ago he gave that that infamous interview about shitting on the players that he was playing with. I can't remember the player that he mentioned that was starting at center. Uh, Do you remember the name, Pro? I don't know if you saw that interview. Yeah, he shit on the whole town. Um, I don't think he was going to be. (laughs) There was a starting center. I can't remember remember who it was. It was obviously a role player. He just basically said, man, I was starting. This was our starting five. Um, so I assume they're going to wave him uh, and get, get yeah. him out of there yeah. after, after that. But who knows? It's, that's full circle. But um, the Clippers and the Grizzlies got better. Yeah, the Clippers need a point guard, though. I mean, they don't really have a, a true point guard on the whole roster right now. So, you know, right now you're looking at either starting Paul George and Norman Powell at the at the one and two, or you got to start Terrence Mann at the point guard spot. Maybe you do Mann, who could just get you in the offense. But they definitely got to acquire one. I know, you know, they'll probably be knocking out – Westbrook store if he does get bought out by Utah I don't think that's been official yet so um, it'll be interesting what they do mm, that'll be an interesting one yeah they do do need some help there maybe they start Eric at the at the one and just have him bring it up and throw it to one of those those monsters in PG and Kawhi and just go sit in the corner well, they all, <laughs> not a lot of creation they only play every and, 11 games so you know yeah. I don't know what I don't know when the that's a problem to him, yeah and then I run that it's not like they run some sort of intricate offense that a point guard needs to get guys to spots. They're, they're pretty isolation-based from the games that I've watched. There's not a whole lot of ball movement. It ends up being a Zubats, you know, PG or Zubats, Kawhi, pick and roll, get out of the way, bucket, um, try to get it overboard. That's generally what they do. So it's not too complicated there in Clipperland. Uh, next one, we have the Celtics acquire Mike Muscala. Um, Thunder receive Justin Jackson to future second round picks. Just a, a bit more shooting for the Celtics. Will Muscala play big minutes? Who knows? Probably five to 10, maybe 15, but a, a bit more shooting to shore up their lineup pro. Nothing too special there. Josh Richardson from the Pelicans, we discussed earlier. Uh, Spurs got rid of him for Devontae Graham. 24, 26, 28, and 29 second round picks to the Spurs. So they're in ultimate tank mode, as we, as we said. 
Demonte Green is not a bad pickup for him. Bit of shooting there. Can score. Can get hot. He's kind of a microwave type player. So they're uh, they're definitely banking more more picks and trying to load up for that Victor Stakes. All right, this one's an interesting one. So Pistons land Wiseman. Warriors acquire Payton the second. So the Pistons receive James Wiseman. Warriors receive Gary Payton the second, and three conditional future second round picks via Atlanta. Sadiq Bay goes to the Hawks, and Kevin Knox goes to the Trailblazers along with five second round picks. This has just been confirmed that it's gone through to today. Um, it, there's a lot of controversy with this because Gary Payton II, it's been reported that the Blazers, who have dealt with a lot of big injuries with Odin and whatnot before, and they, they forced him to play. Um, something to do with a torn, torn abdominal, is it, Pro, I think, or something like that. Um, that he was playing, playing her, shouldn't have been playing. They forced him to play to make him look like he's healthy. The Warriors failed him on the physical. Problem being the Warriors need to make this move regardless of getting anyone back that can play because it saves them some salary. Uh, moving Wiseman, obviously, a you know top five pick in, in the draft. His salary continues to climb year on year. I've also heard that you know Wiseman was completely cooked with the Warriors pro. Um, talking, seeing a sports psych, and, and he needed to get out of there. There's no way they could have let him come back after this happened uh, considering the circumstances he was in the last year. Um, so the Warriors have come to their senses and said, we got to do this deal. What I found interesting, Pro, is because the trade deadline passed, this deal could not be tweaked. So if the deadline hadn't passed, historically the way these deals work, if something like that happens, Blazers might say, okay, yeah, you caught us, he's hurt. You know, just give us one pick instead of three and we'll make a deal, right? Or we'll give you cash considerations or we'll throw in player X. Because the deadline expired, you couldn't tweak it in any way, even with picks. So they were caught in a rock and a hard place. The Warriors had to make the deal. They've now put in a formal complaint to the NBA, hoping that they find the Blazers. I think the Blazers are probably going to receive a fine. Um, I don't know what you think, but a bit of drama at the end. And 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 with Wiseman, I'll just say this. A lot of people have asked, you know, is, is Wiseman a bust? Is, is he not? I don't, I don't think you can label him a bust yet. And here's why. The Warriors system for a five-man out of college, it's a unique, you know, it's a different system. And it's probably a system that he's never played before. I mean, you're getting post-ups to, to, to dribble it out to the three and hand off and then roll. You know, he wouldn't have never done that in his life. He would have got post-touches in college to score. We're going to you to score. Um, and it's a very read and react offense. And he struggled in it. There's no secret. He struggled in it. Even with his athleticism, he really struggled in it. So I give him the benefit of the doubt on the bust until... I want to see him for a year or two with the Pistons. Then I will judge him upon him being a bust. Because, you know, the Pistons are going to, they're going to spoon feed him. They're going to give him, you know, 10, 15 touches a night and let him play through his mistakes. They're not that good right now. They're getting better. And they're going to, we'll see where he's at. We'll see if he's grown. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. But uh, as far as the other three players, Sadiq Bay, decent scorer for uh, the Hawks. He'll give him a bit of a, a microwave feel off the bench. And Kevin Knox to the Blazers doesn't change a lot, in my opinion. So, what are your thoughts on all this, bro? Well, first of all, it's a complete fucking embarrassment, you know, with Portland not reporting that to, you know, because in these trade calls, like before you make these trades, you get all the medical and all these guys, you know, like, you know, all the medical going into a trade, right? And, and not to report it. I mean, that, that's, that's some, that's some chicken shit. Though. You know, you, you gotta be, you gotta be professional. Especially something that severe, like it's an abdominal strain, dude. Like they're gonna they're gonna put him through like the first three exercises. They're gonna be like, dude, what's wrong with your abdominal? Yeah, like, <laughs> like come on, you know, like it's it's not one you can hide, like an ankle or something. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? And, and that's that's big, and and that's 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 bullshit. And not look the force in the play thing. That's on him. You know, you know, we're talking about player empowerment. You, you your body doesn't feel right, and it and, and it's not like it's not like you're a non guaranteed second round pick. You you're making real money now. 
you know, and if they're making you play and your fucking O'Donnell's fucked up and you don't say, wait a minute, dude, no, I'm not playing. You know, this is like, you know, you got 90% of NBA players faking injuries to get, you know, to get days off. This is a legitimate injury. Like, you didn't tell them, like, wait a minute, dude, I'm not playing. No, you're not forcing me to do shit. I'm not playing. Yeah, but pro, I disagree with you a little bit. It becomes, there are players that still care. You know, there are players that will still, you know, at times I was probably hard-headed on coming back earlier than I should have because I want to play, right? And I think you feel, you do feel when you're hurt and you're out, you know, it's supposed to be two to three weeks and you're out three and a half, four weeks. You, you, you know, you get to a point where you're like, shit, like, I'll give it a go, man. I'm just sick of, sick of answering these reporters' questions. I'm sick of my teammates looking at me like, hey, you're doing all the weights. But you're then, doing a one-on-one workout but then for 15 don't say minutes. they force me to play then. I'm I'm all good for that, Bogues. Like I'm all I, for, I get it. I yeah, get it. I'm all for it's a, a guy. tough one though. Yeah, it's a tough Bogues, one. I'm all for a guy fighting through it. I, I respect that. But you can't have it both ways. You can't fight through and it. Blame him. And yeah. then blame him, right? Like I do blame them. I don't blame him. I blame them. But anyways, as far as that, that's a fucking embarrassment. I would fire whoever's in charge of that, I would fire him and then rehire him and fire him again for that bullshit. Cause that's that's some, <laughs> that's some fuck that's some fucked up shit. <laughs> The second thing is, let's talk about the trade itself. Now, James Wiseman, you can say whatever you want, bust, no bust, whatever. I don't really have an idea about it yet. Um, I'm not a big fan of his. I think he's a Dwayne Dedman type. I've been saying that since day one. I've never really been a fan of his. But I will say this. You, you know, as far as value on things and to see how much value Wiseman has around the league, he's a number two pick in the draft. And you basically just gave him away for a second unit defender. Now I know that hard. I know that Peyton. That's hurt. Yeah, I know that Peyton <laughs> yeah. had a lot to do. You know, a lot to do with your second unit and winning a championship. And I get that, but you literally just gave the guy away. It, it, he he literally like just made the salary work. You know, you gave him away. You got no real true asset back. You got a guy who's hurt. He's a decent player, don't get me wrong. But you could literally pick up a guy on the buyout market that could be almost as good as that, and it wouldn't really cost you anything. You literally gave away. So all those serenading of wise men and their young players and stuff like that. Kaminga, I still think he'll be okay. This guy is not very good, and you literally just gave him away. And, um, you know, that has a lot to do with doing your homework, drafting a guy. I understand the system's hard, the split action and all that. I do I, I do understand that. But you didn't really have a lot of homework on him. The guy played three games in college. He was under uh, investigation for some, I think, Tim um, Penny Hardaway giving him money or whatever to move. You know, he had, a, he had some scandal stuff going. But, like, it, it says a lot when you're a second pick in the draft a few years back and you literally just give it, you got given away. And he's in a really, like I said, by year five, folks, he's creeping up on that now where he's got to he's got to make some stuff work. You know, we saw that with Marvin Bagley, like who's on Detroit as well, like a guy who was a top pick, you know, top, you know, top five pick in the NBA and didn't really get it going. And you sort of get you sort of like one of those wounded puppies on ASP, you know, an ASPCA commercial. You know, like if you start going long enough where you're not really getting a lot of traction. We saw this in high picks with like Anthony Bennett. We saw that in Cleveland where like it hit his his whole thing became a shit show. You know, he didn't play in a few years and then he start and then he gets traded like four or five times and he's out of the league. 
You see this a lot with high draft picks that don't get it going early. Darko Milicic, you know, like is another one. Like he's got to play in in enough's enough now. He didn't really play college. He had good stats in three games in college. You know, you didn't really see much of him. Now it's time to put up or shut up. You're either going to play or you're not. I'm Like I said, I think he's a nice little role player, second unit player. You know, he's going to play behind Doran, you know, Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart. He'll play behind him, probably a second unit center for Detroit. Um, but he's got he's to gotta learn an NBA skill. He doesn't really rebound. His offense is just, eh. He's got, you know, he's got... He's big and he can run and all that stuff, but you know now it's time to like no more excuses. You can't blame well, you know, Golden State fucked me this and that. Detroit's terrible. They're trying, you know. There's plenty of minutes for them him to play, you know, and they're gonna give him a shot. But it's not gonna be easy either because you got Stewart, Doran, and you got Bagley there. So he's got to try to find a way to get time too. Mm. And you get Nerlens Noel, who's a pretty good player too. Like I know like, we have a lot of jokes on Nerlens, but like. You know, you got a lot of bigs there, so solid. Yeah, solid. So I and young stars, yeah, young stars to compete with. But that draft was that draft was pretty weak in general. Edwards number yeah. one, uh, Wiseman two, Lamelo uh, Ball, Patrick Williams, Pat Williams. The, he's the other players in, in that whole draft of sixty that I've got noted as the best players in it. You got um, Vassal, you got Halliburton, you got Toppin, you got uh, Pat Will, you got Isaiah Stewart, you got Josh Green, Sadiq Bay, Desmond Bain. And Maxi, that's it. I mean, it's a pretty, you know, Avdia's in there, uh, Jalen Smith, but, you, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of talent. Cole Anthony's in there as well. So not horrible, um, but a pretty lean draft. But anyway, moving on. All right, uh, Suns, Thunder, this is really a nothing trade. Darius Baisley, as we said, is there now. Darius Arich to the Thunder for and a 29 second round pick and some cash. Nothing to discuss there, really, in my opinion. Uh, Hawks acquire Fernando and Garrison Matthews. So Bruno Fernando and Garrison Matthews get, go to Atlanta. My guy, former teammate, championship winner, Justin Holiday and Frank Kaminsky. 24 second round and 25 second round out of the Rockets. A uh, bit of a cash splash for both those teams, saving some money. Thomas Bryant goes from the Lakers to the Nuggets. The Lakers receive your guy, Mo Bamba, uh, Devon Reed, a second round pick, and the Clippers. This is Bone, Bones Highland, not a point guard again, pro, but a legit Jamal Crawford tie for the Clippers. So, um, decent acquisition. And then you got Patrick Beverly going to the Orlando Magic. Uh, maybe we can get them into that into that play-in championship game again uh, and a 24-second round pick and some cash from the Clippers. So that's that four-team tra- trade running on that. Um, no, Bone, I, I forgot that Bones Highland went to the Clippers. So there's there's a point guard there. Um, yeah, but he's not really a point guard as you, as you, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a bucket. No, he's more yeah, of a, he likes to point at people. He's more there's, of a scorer. Yeah, there's two types of point guards. Though. There's point guards <laughs> and there's guards that like to point at people. He's a guard that likes to point at people. Like, fuck off, I'm not going to give you the ball. Point at the O-board. Yeah, the Thomas yeah. Bryant thing was interesting. Folks, I, I, and I'm excited to talk about the Utah trade that they made, not for the main players that were involved, but the, but the role players that were involved for LA. Thomas Bryant was a weird one to me that they got rid of him, but it made sense because when they made the Westbrook deal to get the other, you know, the, the Vanderbilt, but um, like Thomas Bryant just can't guard. He put up good numbers. He was tough and strong. Um, he put up good numbers, but I read that he wanted a bigger role. He was pissed that AD was coming back. And that look, most NBA players are delusional as it is. You know, I understand that. I respect that, that like you, you, you know, you, you're trying, you know, you're trying to talk yourself up. But, like, Thomas Bryant's just an average player. You know, he's an average player that put up numbers, that played with some good players. 
Um, but I think they totally upgraded with what they got in the Utah trade for Thomas Bryant because Bryant couldn't guard anybody. You know, he, he just couldn't play defense, couldn't keep in front of the ball, handle and pick and roll. Um, scored some points, shot the ball well, uh, played well for them when AD was out. But, um, yeah, the Bones Highland thing I totally forgot about. But like you said, like they just need a guy who can handle the ball a little bit. So at least they got one guy. And I know they're going to get somebody in the buyout market. But yeah. Yeah, that's about it. And then Mo Bamba, I, I don't think Mo's going to play at all, really, for the Lakers unless like it's coming off back-to-back. Yeah, stuff. AD, yeah. AD, Jared Vanderbilt. And I even like Wayne Gabriel's playing well. Um, but yeah, I will give I will give Mo his credit. He played a lot better after I after I fucking went off on him. Go much yeah, better. Yeah, he played well. He did play well. I got to <laughs> give it to him. Uh, those guys, uh, Jamal Mosley and those guys, got a lot out of him in Orlando. And then moving on to that other trade you were talking about, the Lakers received D'Angelo Russell, so he's back in LA. Malik Beasley, who, funnily enough, I've read pro, uh, <laughs> was dating Scotty Pippen's ex-wife, who's. Their, their child, Scotty Pippen Jr., is on the Lakers. That should be some good locker room banter there, Pro, I'm sure. Uh, and Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, Timberwolves receive Mike Conley, Nicole Alexander-Walker, 24 second-round pick swap, a second-round pick for 25 and 26. The Jazz receive Russell Westbrook, who's in buyout negotiations, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 27 first-round pick. Those negotiations have been awfully quiet, Pro, with Westbrook and Jazz. Do you think Danny Ainge is trying to save some money there? Because generally, for people that don't know how this works, what Russell Westbrook sold, 16 to 17 million for the rest of his contract of this season. The way it generally works, if you're going to get a, a deal with a, another team at the Vet Min, they'll offset that. So the Vet Min might get you another million dollars into the season. So Utah said, here's a check for 15. See you later. You think Danny Ainge is trying to say a bit more money, pro? Because it's gone quiet. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, they're probably just trying to, you know, trying to negotiate the best deal they can to try to get a little bit more than the Vet Minimum prorated, if I were to guess. Or maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you, you can't think. Well, usually these things happen straight away. Yeah. That's the, that's why. Usually when these trades are made, you look at Danny Green, you look at a few other guys, they're basically, they don't even fly there. Within a day or two, the agent said, look, he's not reporting for you guys. Wave him. He's going to sign with a championship contender. See you later. And Westbrook's linked to the Los Angeles Clippers. But, I mean, it's just, it's just nothing's happened yet. Do you think he wants to stay there? No, I, I think it's. I think Danny Angels have probably offered him ten million and said, "Take a hike, or you can come and report." And he said, "I want my whole 15. That's what I assume. Slowing this right, up, right? But don't you think that would have been leaked? Like your know, Shams would have got it. You know, one of these guys would have got it though. Why is it? Why has it not come out though? Why hasn't it been done then? So what's what, what's the hold up? You, th- you think he wants to report to Utah? I doubt. I don't that think very he's excited. Um, I don't think he's. Excited I mean, he's in a tough it. spot. Yeah, I don't think he's excited about it. But I don't know. Like usually, it, you would have heard something. That's the thing. You know, he look, hmm. he's got I mean, he's got until he's got a few more weeks before that date comes where you, you can sign with a playoff team. I would think that he would want to play for whatever team he's gonna go to, you know, for a while before you you know, before they can get waived. I don't know, Bogues, but usually with this stuff it happens quick as we've talked about eighteen times already in the last hmm. two minutes. So I don't know. It's a it's a weird one. I don't think Ainge to be honest with you, I don't think Ainge wants to save all that much money. Like, I don't think he'd be like, "Hey, we're gonna give you seven million or whatever on his money." I, I don't know. Like, I don't. I would have thought that that would have been like talked about, like with his age. Usually, like before the trade, they'll talk to the agent, like, "Look, dude, we're just gonna buy him out. Don't worry about it. It's good. You know, he can go wherever he wants. We just want whatever." 
So it's weird. It's 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 a. I don't think it's totally weird yet. I mean, it's still only a few days old, but yeah, you would think that it would have been done already. I would assume it's going to be done in the next forty-eight hours. But it's interesting. Like, does he want to stay or not? I mean, I, I would assume he wants to play for a championship. So I don't know why he would want to stay, but I don't know. I have no idea. That I'm 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 tapped. Interesting, interesting to note nonetheless. Yeah. And and I think you know. Um, He's going to be on a vet min deal, and I'd be very surprised if he got a, you know, I think his ceiling will probably be that mid-level for next season if, if he gets that. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Raptors have added uh, Pirtle from the Spurs, as we mentioned earlier, for Ken Birch, and a first-round pick in 24, a uh, second-round pick in 23 and 25. So we knew that he was on the run. Goes back to where he was a rookie, so we'll see how that goes. Kings add Kessler Edwards and cash considerations, and let's get draft rights to David Michinow. Uh, nothing, a salary shed for someone there. Your guy, Dwayne Dedman, has gone back to the Spurs for um, cash considerations to the Heat and a 2028 pick goes along with Dedman. Hmm? I think he's going to be a buyout too. You're bought out? I think he's going to. Yeah, he'll be a buyout. Um, yeah. He'll be a buyout and probably join a – where? What are you hearing? I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything yet. And then we haven't really talked about the La- – what, what do you think, Bogues, on the trade with the Lakers though, what they got with Russell and Vanderbilt and, you know, and, and Beasley? Like, do you – do you have any idea? You know, do you have any sort of thought on it either way? Yeah, for what they gave up, I think it's an improvement. I mean, they gave up Russ, who reportedly wasn't a good fit there, and Toscano Anderson and Damian Jones weren't playing a lot anyway. So they get Angelo Russell. I mean, jury's out on him. This is kind of getting to not cutting time for him, about solidifying his career and who he is and what he can do. Malik Beasley's solid, and Vanderbilt's got some potential. So I, I like that for the Lakers. Yeah. I think it was a decent deal. I, I think Palinka finally got on ESPN. <laughs> trade uh, the trade machine and punch some trades out and figured something out. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's um I think it's a decent deal for the Lakers. Um, I think everyone. I think Timberwolves got better with Conley at the point. Um, played with Rudy before. Hopefully, should get them better. A steady point guard. Um, when you got Edwards at the two, I think was needed more than having Russell and Edwards. It just wasn't a good fit. So I like that as well. And. We all know the Jazz are just shedding and 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 just getting those Victor sweepstakes as soon as they can. So I think it was good for all three teams for the you know where they where they're trying to get to. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a huge D'Angelo Russell fan. I just you know something about him. It just like not a really winning player to me. Even though he won in Brooklyn or whatever, I really like Jared Vanderbilt. I think that Vanderbilt is turning into one of the better defensive bigs in the league. Not. Not a dominating defensive big, but like you watched them last, like you've watched them last night, running the floor, setting screens, just giving energy. They really need that, and that's going to really help them. I think Russell, I think Russell and Westbrook, like will give sort of offset each other. You know, um, they both can really score. You know, a little bit. They, they both take really bad shots. You know, um, they're both black holes when, as far as like giving it to them, you're probably not going to get it back unless they're going to get an assist, of course. But um, Beasley, you know, Beasley gives him a little bit. But I, I do like the Vanderbilt get. I think it gives him a little bit more energy and another big thing like a guard because, like I said, that Dwayne. I mean, Bryant Bryant wasn't really getting it done for them. So, yeah, I think that they're okay. I'm still not a Laker fan. I don't think they're gonna. I, I I'll go with my you know original prediction of not making the play in. But uh, I, I think it's going to be really hard. They're surging for te- 11 or 10, probably. They're going to surge to, to an 11 spot, maybe. Maybe a 10. Surge. <laughs> I like that surge. Hey, hor- horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. All right. The, the last one is a big one. Mavericks. Um, Mavericks get Kyrie Irving, Markeith Morris. Uh, Nets get Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 29 first-round pick, and two future second-round picks. Um, 
I like this for Dallas. I think it's a it's a risk worth taking. Uh, we know with thing you know Kyrie off the floor at times can go a wall, but I think he's going to be on his best behavior. Um, obviously, going into a potential extension contract year, he's going to do his best to prove that he, he should stick around. Dallas, for some reason, just never have been a prime destination for free agents, as we both know historically, it just has never happened. Where a marketing free agent's gone there, I'm not sure why. It's a decent city to live in. You save some taxes with your state income tax, no state income tax in Dallas. Decent owner, decent fan base. So I'm not too sure about that. But um, I could see him sticking around if he has a good season, and I think he's already been pretty good for him. Um, had a, a first few games were really good. Now he's you know probably going to be off the ball a lot more with Luca back in the lineup. Luca's numbers will take a hit naturally, and, and he should welcome that because he's got some help and. I think even Morris, if he gets healthy and gets better, and he could he could somewhat help them um, with a little bit of toughness. But they, they have lost some defense. You know, um, Dorian Finney-Smith was their, their best on-ball defender. Um, was really, really good for them. Really solid role player for him and, and obviously got paid for it, but he's now gone. So I like it for both teams. Um, it was interesting that that um, the Nets jumped so quickly. Uh, Joe Sy, I think. I think he screwed this up. As I said last week, I think he lost a lot of his leverage by saying that he's not going to extend him and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, and there were rumors that he didn't want to move into the Lakers in spite of him because that's where he wanted to go. So I think that's the best attitude to have as an owner. I think you you, you want to put your grievances aside at all times and and, and do what's best for the team. But um, good get for Mark Cuban. Yeah, I think it was. You know, look, the, the Mavericks, just the way they were constructed with without Brunson, they weren't beating any good teams, like really good teams. They could beat the middle class. They could maybe sneak up on one guy once in a while. You know, on a good team, but they just weren't good enough to beat great teams. And Luca, I mean, look, he he has to score like forty five to compete with really great teams every night, and he just can't do that by himself all the time. And I think that getting Kyrie just sort of they were sort of forced into it. They weren't beating anybody. They weren't going anywhere. They probably would have been a mid tier team and. This gives them an, you know, a chance. Now, it's one of those moves, Bogues, that I don't think there's one person that I talk to in basketball that thinks it's going to work. Um, I think it's going to look great for like two or three weeks, and then it's just going to look like the history of him. Look, this whole thing was about money. He wanted $200 million. It's funny because he obviously leaked this to Shams because Shams tweeted out like Kyrie wouldn't have – um, Kyrie wouldn't have taken the 197 even if it was offered, which is complete bullshit. Like, he wanted his money. He thought that Brooklyn was going to give it to him. When he found out really, like, you know, putting his foot in the water and figuring out they weren't going to give him the $200 million, now he started this whole trade. Like, so it's a good business move for him. He wanted $200 million. Who's going to give it to you? The Lakers could give it to you, but they weren't giving it to them. And Mark Cuban will pay 200 if he really feels as though it's going to bring him a championship. That's one thing Mark will do. Mark will put his balls on the line for his team any day of the week. And if he feels as though this is going to work, then it's great. The problem, though, Bogues, is where's the history? Not of him winning because he won a championship, obviously. And he's a hell of a player that is probably playing some of his best basketball in his career before the trade demand. Like He was playing great. But where is it where for like three months straight where there wasn't something controversial that came out of his mouth, some issue, and the guy's only played about half his game. Like he's missed uh, – I, I forgot like like with with Brooklyn, he's played like half of his games. Now I know, 
you know, mask mandate, all that stuff, uh, vax and all that. But like, like, where is the, like, I'm all in, like, when's the last time he's been all in, like, and not been a problem on one end or another. I don't think he's a bad teammate. I don't, I, I think he might be challenging the coach for certain coaches for sure. But that's where I see it. I see it being really great for a few weeks. And then I could see this going to be a sign and trade in July for either Anthony Davis or Bradley Bill. That's where I see it. I, I, I think it's great in mm-hmm. theory, Kyrie and Luca playing. Because I think Luca could get off the ball. I don't think Luca has a problem getting off the ball if it's the right player getting off the ball for. And he obviously he hasn't had one up yep. to now. So I think he'll be fine. Luca's all about winning. In my opinion, you know, and he wants to put up his numbers, but he's about winning. And Kyrie and him are great. Imagine the IQ. That might be the highest IQ backcourt I've ever seen. You know, so that's great. Like Kyrie, you know, you take away the other stuff. He's the best finisher I've ever seen. One of the best ball handlers I've ever seen. I mean, he could definitely play. And he ups the level. They Those two guys could up the level of those role players like you know, like a Wood, like Josh Green, like Jaden Hardy. If Hardaway can make a couple of shots in a row, hard, you know, Hardaway, like, you know, I like it. I think it's going to be good, but I think at the end of the day, I think it's going to end up in a sign and trade for one of those two, one of those two other guys. Interesting. We'll watch that space. I, I think Wood now has come off the bench last game, so I don't know if it was it was late for shoot around or some other shit, but they've gone back to the well of Javel McGee, starting to play a bit more, and I, I think. Javel's an actually like good fit for having those two, yeah, those two headed monsters. You have Javel there, um, and you got Dwight Powell as well. They're solid role players. Whereas Christian Wood probably is more offensive slider. Now that you have got two offensive juggernauts, you probably want a bit more defense and, and rebounding. So I like that move by Jay Kidd. I'd rather bring Wood off the bench as a six man scoring type, but we'll see um, how they go. All right, on to some news. Uh, beyond that, actually, let's just touch on some buyout candidates. Terrence Ross has been bought out. We've we've spoken about him at length in numerous years. Always around the deadline, there could be a good pickup for a championship he's team. He's Phoenix. linked to Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. Um, yeah, he's linked to Phoenix. I don't know if it's official yet, but he's linked to Phoenix. Um, but he, Gunner, great pickup for them. I like that off the bench. We spoke about Westbrook. He's rumored to the Clippers. Did you see the Pat Riley news, bro? Yeah, I did. Can you can you read about it? That 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 was pretty good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute classic. So apparently the, uh, the Miami Heat had a deal to send uh, Kyle Lowry to the Clippers. Not sure who it was for. I don't know if you know pro, but um, right. Pat Riley fell asleep during trade deadline. It was getting a bit too late there on the East Coast and just uh, <laughs> a bit of a snooze, didn't answer his phone and they didn't go ahead with the trade pro. So he might be in some trouble. He might be getting up there in age. He might have to move from a front office role to maybe just an advisory role where he can still sleep from you know, early bird, have his early bird dinner at five, six and be in bed by eight. You can do that as an advisor and, and have someone else take the big calls from now on pro, but pretty funny story to come out. Folks, yeah, I mean, like Pat Riley is probably one of the best GMs in the history uh, of the NBA, but um, that is pretty funny if that is true. It's weird too because <laughs> that organization, they they don't leak. They don't leak at all and they're afraid of the guy. And I'm surprised that that even got out, but um, that's interesting. But Riley's always been a little different, man. Like I remember when he got to Miami, 
that like he had it in his contract. You know how everybody got like at the time when he went to Miami, like $80 a day, $90 a day meal money. He had it in his contract where it's like $300 a day. He's like a CEO. It's, it's unbelievable. So the guy from the Miami Herald actually went around, did a story on trying to spend $300 a day on eating and he couldn't do it at the time, which is funny. But like, but imagine if, if well, no caviar or cigars. Yeah, but I remember yeah. there was also like he, him and that per diem is pretty big. But like he's like one of those like secret guys. Like he doesn't like to talk to people. Um, he's always like in a dark room. Like I guess during the walkout, he still got his per diem or whatever. So some like video guy, they it was instructed that he had to like do it like deliver it in the back, like the like the back quarters of his house. He didn't want anybody to go into the front. So some intern. Some guy was sick, so the intern had to bring it, and he, he, no one told him. So he brought it in, and fucking Riley's bitching him out during the walkout. Anyways, I digress. But um, Riley's a different cat. But imagine if that was a major trade. Like, imagine – like, Kyle Lowry, this probably wasn't a major yeah, no trade. Shit. But imagine if it was, like, acquiring, like, Kevin Durant or something like that. And he's just – these snoozes <laughs> uh, with, like, cute well, – I could just see him, like, down with, like, the white stuff on his face and the cucumbers on his eyes. It fucking like no, come on, like come on, <laughs> sleeping mask. Yeah, Kevin Durant for Tyler Hero. Come on, let's do it. And he's like, oh, at that point you go to the house. Yeah, you go, go to the house. house. I love Mark Cuban and DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. You go knock on that door and be like, get up, Pat. Come on, let's go. Um, interesting one. All right, uh, Siakam, Edwards, and Fox are the injury replacements for the All Star game. Nothing to talk about. I'm, I'm, I, I totally agree with these. I think they got these right, pro. So we we discussed. These guys are probably the biggest snubs, especially Fox. So they got that right. NBA opt-out deadline with the MBPA has been extended to Wednesday, March the 31st. So what that means is if either side opts out, the current agreement expires June 30 if both sides opt out. That means there could be potential lockout on the card. So that 31st date, if they can come to an agreement to then, um, will be interesting. Uh, if they both opt out, you know, or either side opts out, then we're going into a full-blown negotiation that needs to get done by June June 30. Yeah, it's going to come down, folks. It's going to come down to this. Um, I think the major sticking point, look, I, I think everybody's making enough money on both sides. I, obviously, everybody's trying to push for more, but it's going to come down. I think the owners are going to really you know, put their foot down on this, you know, sitting out, load management stuff. I think they're going to really try to get, come up with some idea. And, you know, look, we've been through a few ideas on the show and, I think it's going to just going to come down to that. And, and look, no one wants to sit out. The only thing is, though, Bogues, unlike 2011, where they, you know, where they, where they sat out, like these guys are making a lot more money than they did in 2011. Where, and, and not that these guys are great with their money because they're they, they almost never are. But like, you know, it'll be interesting because they're both going to fight for it. Oh, it'd be blatant insanity to lock out now, yeah. bro. It'd be blatant insanity. You got your players making fifty million dollars a year with max contracts. Yeah. I they're mean, making too, I you mean, know, making, you, you look at what's yeah. yeah, what's going on in the world and what pe- people eating shit sandwiches all over the world with inflation and cost of living. I mean, in Australia, it's it's rampant. The cost of living is yeah. becoming you know higher and higher on a daily basis. Um, so you know, I don't think they're getting screwed. Um, I think either side's doing doing pretty well and I think they should just come to an agreement. I think it's a, pr- a pretty fair deal for both but um, I don't see a lockout happening. No. I think they'll get over the line. It's probably posturing about a few probably stupid things along the way but um, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think it'll get done and just a matter of, of signing that off and making sure that everyone's happy. Yeah, I, like I said, I think that they got to do something with the top players. Like I think if you make them, I think if you tie in 
percentage of games played with um with all NBA teams, not all-star. All-star you can, that would be a good idea, but I think if you did statistical categories, you're eligible to, you know, in those statistical categories and all NBA teams because it is tied into your Supermax contracts and your deals. I think if you if you if they did it where like cuz nobody cares about the role players playing and sitting out. No one cares. But they do care about the stars. So if you say look, look, you can't be if you don't play 80% of your games, you can't play, you can't be, you know, in one of the three. You can't even be voted on for MVP, you know, defensive player of the year, you know, top 3 NBA teams. I think something like that you're probably going to see because they're going to have to do something because it, it is rampant. I mean, if you look at the top, like, 20 guys, 30 guys in the league, you know, and as far as their percentage of games played right now, it's not a, it's not great numbers. And that's, I think, it's going to come down to that, in my opinion, you know, where it has to be tied for let, letting the top players, making them play. You, you're, you're not making them play where you say, well, your contract's not guaranteed if you don't play a certain amount. But I think if you tie it to those top three, those top three NBA teams and MVP, these guys will play a little bit more. And don't make it crazy where they got to play ninety or ninety-five percent. But I think eighty percent is a nice little number. Where like, look, if they're gonna t- they're gonna take fifteen games off a year, it's not great, but I could see that. But like, when you get you know when you get Kawhi Leonard playing fifty-four percent of his game, where he's not really hurt, hurt, he's just resting. That's you know that's that's a tough one to swallow. It is, uh, yeah. I think a deal gets yeah. done. Um, yeah, it's too yeah, much I mean, money. I don't think they'll get too d- down the line. Yeah, it's too much money. But all right, LeBron's the scoring leader. Um, I'm not sure if you tuned in for that. It was, you know, on a fadeaway, iconic. Uh, congratulations to LeBron James. It's no small feat. Um, like I said earlier, I think his longevity is probably the biggest thing in his career as a superstar um, that he has accomplished. But. Uh, Seemed like AD wasn't a fan, pro. I'm not sure if you've seen that whole blow up, but uh, right when right when the whole crowd stood to its feet, AD sat down. It looked like he was frustrated. I mean, and look, there was some. I would be a little bit frustrated. I know it was LeBron's night, but they had no incentive to win that game. Like you know, like we're not valuing winning. It's just all about LeBron's night. I get it to an extent, but you still want winning basketball. And I think it. Um, AD was quoted as saying he was just disappointed that they they weren't winning the game and playing well. But he looked like he was. Clearly over the shenanigans of that whole night, bro. Yeah, I don't know, Bogues. It's true. Like I have like I didn't everyone's making a huge deal of it. And you know, I don't know, man. I Well, it was glaring, bro. I mean, come on, dude. The whole the whole you you, you can't hide behind the fact that oh, it's cause we lost. Like the whole crowd was up celebrating, like he was the only dude that was like, nah, I'm just gonna sit down. Like he wanted to make a scene about it. It was clear. Yeah, I mean you think it was just random? He I, just needed a rest? His legs were sore. He tried to sit down right guys, as LeBron hit that jumper and the whole crowd was standing I up? think most of these guys are narcissists. And I think most of these relationships in the NBA are fake as fuck. You know, and I think they just They're care. Super. About, yeah. And I think they care about themselves for the most part. Now, there are some really good guys in the league that are genuine when they like people and they really push for you. But I think especially when you get into the superstar deal. You know, guys that are top 15, top 20 in the league and they play with other fi- top 15, top 20 players in the league. I think that, like, look, I I think maybe that it might be his way. He just sat and he doesn't really care. Either way, he's like, all right, let's get it over with. I've been hearing about this. Look, because I've been hearing about this shit for fucking the last few months, too. Like, I'm tired of it, too. Mm. Now, look, it's the 
it is what it is. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care if he's happy, sad, or, or pissed or whatever, whatever. He's over it, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. You know, it's not really a big deal to me. I think, look, I think the scoring title, besides maybe the home run hitting title in baseball, is the most iconic, you know, um, stat to have in all of pro sports. I think it's ridiculous. It's 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 ridiculously tough to get. I think I didn't think it was going to be broken in my lifetime. Um, it's funny though, like the guy fucking breaks the record, and like it's not, hey, great job, LeBron. Well, it is because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are kissing his ass with it. But like, you know, you think you would just be happy for the guy? Hey, look, he scored. I'm not a huge LeBron guy as far as the shenanigans that's around him, but like. I mean that feat was ridiculous and it's great and it's it's it should be all about him on that one. But it's funny. It's like Jordan's the goat. Da 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 da. da you know, it's oh, like it's all you it's hear. A, the never ending. It's never arguments, ending. Bro. Like instead, never ending arguments. Okay, let's have those arguments. But like, I don't even care about the argument. But like that night, just give it to him. It's his it's moment. His moment. Like, mm. hey, look. Yeah, it's yeah. his moment. I totally yeah. agree. And and I'm not a, I'm, I'm the same boat as you. I'm not a, I'm probably more slighted towards MJ because I'm I'm a I'm an eighties baby. MJ was yeah. my I've seen this a million times, like pinnacle of my childhood and MJ was a guy, Gatorade commercials, the changing hands in the air, like but you can't take away what LeBron's done and he should be celebrated for his moment, um, whether you don't like him or not. And that whole the whole comparing to Kobe and then to to Kareem and then to this and then to that, and it's just like, oh man, just let him enjoy his moment. So I, I totally agree there. We've got to play through, we've got a lot to get through. All right. The Cam Thomas fined uh, for saying no homo. Uh, he got a 30 or 40K fine for that pro, but if they put a microphone in a locker room, players would be broke overnight if you're going to continue to do that. Just just my my two cents of how much I've heard that word. If you said anything that was borderline, you know, um, you just hear that word thrown out constantly. Um, so that, that's an interesting one. Interesting one for the NBA. Pretty big fine there. Uh, the Grizzlies one, pro, I want to touch on this. We missed this last week, but... The, the 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 Grizzlies got into it the Pacers about ten days ago, pro, and um, in fact on January 29th, and acquaintances of Grizzlies star Jar Morant aggressively confronted members of, of the Pacers traveling party near the team's bus in the loading area of FedEx Forum, and later someone in a slow moving SUV which Morant was riding in, pro. I'm gonna say that again. Jar Morant was riding in this slow moving SUV, trained a red laser on them. Now. Two members of the traveling party who spoke, they didn't know if the laser was attached to a gun, but they believed it was. A pace of security guard in the loading area at the time remarked, that's 100% a gun. Uh, there was an NBA investigation, um, video surveillance, blah, blah, blah. There was a situation that arose. We, um, we didn't talk about this last week, folks? Not much. No, not, not, to, not to this extent. Oh, okay, I thought we did. Um, okay. No, I don't think we did. I think, I think we text back and forth, didn't we? Yeah, we text back and forth. I'm not sure. If we did, I apologize, but I'm pretty okay. sure we did no, last cool. week. Let's I think we had yeah. on the run sheet. Yeah. Let's do it. But I think we spoke, I think, no, I think we spoke about the the scuffle um, on the court, but we didn't speak about the the red dot oh, laser okay. that was pointed on on somebody. Yeah. Um, with John Moran in the car. Now, as far as I can see, nothing was really done to John Moran um, as far as a fine or whatnot. But this is, and and, you know, I've seen players talk about this online. I never understood the mystique of well, I, I I can't be hypocrite. Players wanting to be, you know, quote unquote gangsters, right? Um, when I was sixteen, seventeen, uh, being of European descent, I had 
you know, I knew some people that were, you know, you call them heavies or people that were involved in nefarious activities um, of European descent, you know, gold chain, nice bell buckle, well-dressed, slick back hair, you know, mafia-esque type people. I, I had friends of friends or, or new people of that ilk that were, you know, obviously doing something illegal to make their money. And I thought it was cool at 16, 17, you know, I thought, you know, <laughs> I want to, this guy's got a flashy car, he's got a Rolex, like, oh man, that's, I'd love to be that guy one day. And then I grew up, <laughs> you know, I got 19, 20, 21, 22 and was like, no, that's, that's fucking stupid, right? The amount of, the amount of NBA players that are 25, 30 years old still that think that's a cool lifestyle it's just beyond me, man. Um, it just, it just, it's really. I don't understand. You've, 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 you've. A, what you've done to get to the NBA is harder than what anyone, you know, whether you're dealing drugs or involved in some other activities that are illegal, making a shitload of money. It, it, it's much harder. You've, already, you've already broke the barrier. You're already that guy. So I always kind of struggle to understand why you'd want to surround yourself. I understand is the childhood friends and bonds, but it's only gonna get you in trouble and, and you've got everything at your feet. You've got everything you everything you want to buy, you can buy. Every, everywhere in the world you want to travel, you can travel to. You've, you're experiencing the best food in the world, the best this, the best that, the best services. Everyone's bowing to you and you still want to be, oh yeah, but you, you better not mess with me because I'm a gangster. And you're like, why? Um, I scratch my head pro, but, but shining a red dot at a team bus, probably not the best way to go about it. Oh boy. I mean, that is a subject that we got to talk about. It, it's, it's stupid for sure. Like you got all this riding, but these players, they just have a hard time shedding this stuff. Now, like people start saying about he's really not like that. It's all for show. You know, he, he grew up in, you know, he grew up in like a great environment and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know much about John Morant, to be honest, but he's got to smarten the fuck up because he's the... He's probably going to be the f- face of the league. One of the he's faces. He's going to be the face of Nike. Yeah. He's going to be the face of Nike. He's probably out, outside of LeBron. He's probably going to be now that Kyrie left, you know, got fired, whatever. Kyrie, I mean, um, Ja's probably going to be the face of it. And I understand that, like, look, you got friends or you got acquaintances, but like, they got to understand rolling with you, there's a level of professionalism that, like, like it reflects on you quickly, especially stuff like this. This isn't this isn't getting in a little bit of a scuffle. This isn't like you know being high maintenance and, and asking for tickets or you know hotel rooms on the road or whatever. This is like major stuff and could you know if it comes out now. I've heard it was investigated and they ruled out the gun, but that's not confirmed. But if it is, like if I'm the NBA. And that was legit. Even if they were just fucking with, with uh, you know, even if they had no intent to shoot or whatever and just want to fuck with them, I, I, I suspend, I suspend job for the whole year. That's it. Like, it's not even, a, it's not even close yeah. to me. Like, when, at what point is the circus going to end? You know, like, like there's different stuff when stuff comes up, a fight or something. I get it. Like, you can't, so you can't really plan for that all the time. But that's your guy. You're in a car with somebody. Who, who points a laser. Now, if I had a guess, it was probably going to be one of those lasers that like, you know, that people fuck with people with and they just shoot people with like the laser itself, not a, a gun, but who knows? You sure, pro? I'm not sure. Car full, car full of gangsters just carrying a I'm laser I'm not pointer? sure. 
I am not sure, <laughs> but like regardless, it's just, just the stupidity stupid. of it. He should he should get a fine yeah. and a suspension. Like to me, if the, if it was found out to be a gun, it's a year. I, I'm I am not putting up with that shit. That is too. There's too much money. The BRI is going to be about you know eight point two billion. It's a lot of fucking money at stake for this league. You really want to go down that road of and, and that's the thing. Like when you loosen the 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 reins on professionalism. How players dress, getting away with stuff, not really like coming down hard on players, and allowing them to do basically whatever they want to a certain degree. You're, you know, it, it starts to trickle down. You know, we talk about all this other stuff that that's that the league's dealing with, with like load management and not playing and how how players treat people like, and then you go with this. Like at some point, people are gonna put their hands up now. It hasn't really had a lot of legs. It had legs for a couple of days, that story. I haven't heard anything about it in a few days. Yeah, his friend got suspended for a year. Yeah. Allegedly, yeah. I guess, shunned the laser. So he's got a one-year suspension and then the rest is just being, la, 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 let's just move on. Look at this. Look over here. The All-Star game's coming up, guys, because like you said, he's a face of the league. But it's 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 bad. It's just stupidity. I hope, you know, hope players get over this whole... You know, I've got a gun, I'm gangster. It's just it's just silliness to me. But um interesting one to note. All right, let's get on to our Aussie watch real quick. Follow Dabble, the social betting experience where you can follow anyone from your best mate to me, Andrew Bogart, all one word. Go on and give me a follow, copy bets, and jump into the banter channel to talk about anything, NBA, NBL, any other sport. You can jump in there and go back and forth. Download the app at the at your app store and have a dabble. Dabble socially. Make sure you gamble responsibly. And we thank Dabble for being the partner of the Rogue podcast. And this will be the Aussie watch on behalf of Dabble. So uh, we're going to get on with this. Ben Simmons, one game, coming off bench, as we said earlier, which is a big wow for me. Uh, 4.6 points this week, five rebounds and 4.3 assists per game. So he had a couple of games, not one. Dyson Daniels is injured, and I can confirm. I checked. He's still injured. I didn't make a mistake again. Daly, decent week for him. Got in the rotation a little bit. 3.5 points and four assists a game this week. Patty, probably the worst week he's had this season. Uh, two points, one rebound, one assist, two for 12 from the three-point line. Uh, life's a bit harder, I guess, when, you know, KD and Kyrie are in that lineup for Patty. You know, you're not, not off the ball as much, not as much open looks. And a little tidbit for our listeners, the sliding door moment, Pro. A couple of seasons ago when Patty was a free agent, the Golden State Warriors reached out to yours truly and were asking me to get a hold of Patty to get him to sign with the Warriors for that mid-level. Um, and he ended up taking the deal with Brooklyn, thinking he had a better championship chance. Mm. So... In hindsight, would have had one chip last season with Golden State and potentially another one this season if they make it. So big sliding doors moment there for Patty Mills. Uh, Jock Landale, 5.6 points, five rebounds, 15 minutes a game. Back in the rotation officially pro, so good to see him back. They started him at the four spot a couple of games ago. Didn't do so well, but he's still coming off the bench and, and, and getting those 15 minutes a night. Giddy, 18 points, six rebounds, seven assists, and not the player of the week for once, pro. Not the player of the week. Wait for it. Wait for it. Thibault, three points, one rebound, one steal in his final week for Philly. Um, he'll help Portland there. Great trade. Ingles, another quiet week. Uh, four points, five rebounds, four assists off the bench. Still two of eight from three. Three's been a bit more inconsistent since he's found his legs. Jack White, DNP. And first time, Rogue Bogues. Aussie player of the week. Now, I must apologize. <laughs> this guy's been healthy for a couple of weeks. And um, for some reason, when I was looking at the stat sheets, I didn't notice he was starting straight away. And I was looking at the bench and he still wasn't on there and I missed him. So apologies to everyone, including Pro, for giving me shit on it. But <laughs> he has been playing fantastic, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, he deserves the Aussie player of the week. 
20.75 points a game, five rebounds per game, 2.75 assists per game. Absolutely on fuego from the three-point line pro. 11 for 22 this week, 43% for the year. This is a guy that labeled as a, as a non, non-three-point shooter early in his career, inconsistent, kind of uh, get a late hand up. 43% in the year and 11-22 last week. Well-deserved. Josh Green's having a phenomenal year, pro. He he really is. I mean, it, it's true development that, that sort of what he's been through because where, where he started to where he is now, you know, D-League, uh, Summer League, D-League, doing, you know, just sort of sticking it out. Shot got better. Um, you know, working with Peter Patton over there is one of the better shooting coaches in the league. And, Look, he's he's done everything he needs to do, and he just sort of he, he's finally busted out of his shell. He's playing great, and now with you know with extra wing spots opening up, with you know with with Dorian Finney-Smith being traded, and not not really a lot going on on that bench, I think that he, he has a great opportunity. You know, like you said, he averaged twenty points a game last week. Um, he just sort of keeps coming at you, and he just makes simple plays. You know, straight line drive, open shot, coming off a handoff. You know, just a good player, playing hard, playing tough, and he's perfect what they need. And, you know, he's fun to watch, and it'll be interesting now. I mean, his job gets so much easier now with Kyrie and and Luca in the same lineup when he gets in there because all he has to do is run to a spot, and they'll find him. And and it'll be, you know, it's great to see, man. It's, It's great to see his development. It's great to see him growing as a player. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome, and I'm glad uh, you sort of saw that he he, he was healthy because you know I got a couple of people. I didn't really give a fuck. Like I did. Well, thanks for letting me know. Well, thanks for letting me know, yeah. man. Jeez, let uh, me know. Let me know via social media when I get right. I'm usually on. I'm usually eyeing some like some food stuff on Google while you do the Aussie watch. So I fucking like <laughs> I got like five DMs and like I'm like oh wait. I, there's something I can bust folks' balls about. I'm like, great. Yeah. And I, I didn't even notice that you were saying he was hurt. So I was like, yeah, let me do this shit. So uh, I'm going to fire the guy that does our scripts, bro. I'm going to fire him immediately. He's gone. He won't be here next week. Um, but great job, Josh Green. He's basically solidifying that starting spot in that national team, I believe, the way he's playing. So looking forward to seeing him suit up. Our NBL Australia, we had our awards night last week, pro. A bit of controversy with that. Um, MVP, Xavier Cooks. Congratulations to Xavier. Um, a lot of angry Perth, Perth Wildcat fans. Um, thought Bryce Cotton should have got it, but they're, they're – their uh, Perth Wildcats didn't even make it out of the plane, pro. So you can't give an MVP to a guy that's not even in the finals, in my opinion. But Xavier Cook's got that. Um, Coach of the year uh, was 40 up in uh, in um, Cairns. It was well-deserved. Uh, I think it was a close race, in my opinion, between New Zealand, Cairns, and Sydney. To me, I think, as I've said before, I think Chase should have been up there. It was incredible. He, he finished a distant third in Coach of the Year voting, pro, and He's had one of the most successful two-season stints in NBL history, top 10 if I'm not wrong, um, in back-to-back seasons with a win-loss, including finals. So I think a bit more respect due there. He's had a hell of a year. Uh, probably should have been a bit higher than that. Defensive player of the year, Antonio Cleveland with the Adelaide 36ers. Um, he's, he probably is the best defender in the league, even though they didn't make the playoffs, the finals, or the, or the six. He's a phenomenal defender. Most improved player. First guy to win might be the first guy to win back-to-back most improved players in Keanu Pinder. Um, they gave him that. I think a lot of it was to do with that he fell out of MVP voting because of an injury, um, but he you know, deserves some sort of awards. They've given him that again, but deserved as well. He's, he's, he's had a phenomenal year. Sixth man of the year, Bobby Brown Jr., much deserved. And next gen was Wardenberg up in uh, up in Cairns. So I think most of the awards, in my opinion, were, were pretty spot on. Coach of the year could have went either way. I think there should have been some more votes for 
the chase there. But um, the way he goes about it, probably, you know, other coaches are voting at times and um, they probably, despite him, give him a zero. So that's the way uh, the way that goes. Finals preview pro. So great finish of the final day uh, as, as we were live last week during game one, uh, during the Adelaide-Melbourne game, the Sydney um, versus Perth game was next. It meant nothing for the Sydney Kings pro. We'd wrapped up one. Perth had to beat the Kings by more than 11, I believe. And they beat him by 12 or 13, I think it was. So came out of the last shot. The Kings, it was funny because uh, you know, Perth were up by, let's say, 10 or 11 or 12. And um, the Kings come down and with, with, you know, eight seconds left, everyone's like, oh, you know, as, he, as he's shooting a shot, when you look at the scoreline, you're like, what the hell's going on? But the, the, the percentage mattered. So um, I knocked the planes early on, but I must say it created the, these games that usually don't mean nothing actually mean something. And Perth qualified for that sixth spot to scrape into the planes by less than a percentage point pro. So it was really exciting finish to the season and made those games fun. So now we have, uh, oh, by the way, we had um, Tasmania and Cairns. Uh, Tasmania beat Cairns in the 3-4. They went straight through. They've played New Zealand already. That is 1-0 to New Zealand. And um, Cairns then went on to play the winner of Southeast Melbourne and Perth. So Southeast Melbourne absolutely choking that game. Uh, they were up by 12 at the start of the fourth quarter. They end up losing to Perth. Perth just run over the top of them. They lose that game. Never should have lost it. Um, quite unbelievable choke, actually. And then Perth go on to play Cairns yesterday. And um, Cairns just beat the absolute crap out of them in, in Cairns. So now Cairns have the privilege of playing the Sydney Kings. Game one is this Wednesday in Sydney. Game two, Friday in Cairns. And if game three is needed, it'll be Sunday in uh, in Sydney. And as I said, New Zealand's up 1-0 already against Tassie. Uh, game two coming up this week and then game three towards the end of the week. I'm not sure of those exact dates, but I think it's contra. So I think it might be might be Thursday, Saturday for those ones or Thursday, Sunday, I'm sorry. So been a really good season. Top four's wrapping up, pro. Um, so make sure you wake up early and watch the, watch the Kings hopefully win another championship, eh? Folks, hey, playoff bonuses for uh, Australia? Do they do that? Not from not from the league, unfortunately. It's it's generally negotiated in player contracts ah. with uh, with the club. So we have yes, we do. We have a bunch of players that have uh, finals, semifinals, and finals bonuses in their contract, and I'm okay with that. I love I love incentivizing winning. That's sure. the way it should be. But um, the league is not like the NBA where we get bonuses for making the finals. So knock knock NBL. I think you should reward teams for making the finals of some sort of bonus. I think it's the right thing to do. So maybe we'll start a petition and get going. But yeah, a little bit different to the NBA, pro. Yeah, it's funny in China. Uh, they they actually give you bonuses for winning games, like and all that. But it just got me thinking about my guy who coached his head coach, American guy, head coach in China. He said literally in China, especially in the playoffs. Both owners come down and literally just pay off referees, and whoever pays them the most, they get more calls. So <laughs> I just got it got me thinking about playoff bonuses and stuff. So yeah, that's where my mind was heading towards. But mm-hmm. um, no, it's it's hey, look, playoff time's great, and you know, in, in any level, any league, and it, it, it's it's interesting. I'm gonna go, definitely gonna come watch and you know at least stream it and watch it, see if, see what I got. You got to give me the schedule, whatever. You know how I am. With, with, with remembering shit. Google motherfucker. Yeah. Ah, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, I, I'll check it out. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's 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 cool. It's good. All right. Uh, useful, useless. We'll play through these. We're almost at an hour and a half, so we don't want to go too much longer. Um, useful or useless pro. So this is uh, Silas's comments. 
that you were referring to. Um, they are not giving effort on the defensive end. They are not getting after it like they're supposed to. They're not getting into their man and fighting over the screens and helping each other. They are not doing what they are supposed to do. And he said that very angrily, as you know, pro. Leading on from that quote, Stephen Silas has the worst record of any head coach with at least 200 NBA games coached at 24% pro. Useful or useless? Um, well, useless because his team sucks. I mean, first of all, yeah, his team sucks. I mean, and he knew that going in. Well, he didn't know that going in. He thought he was going to have James Harden and those guys, and then they traded him all away, you know, and got all those picks and stuff like that. So I, I think that if you're on a team that's like a mid-level team and he, and he had that record, I would say it would be useful. But that team from day one has been fucking awful. So I would say it's useless on that end. Um, but also – you know they're not giving effort on the defensive end. They're not do, you know going after it like they're supposed to. Well, if you go to an AAU tournament, do you ever see guys go after it like they should on the defensive end? So what do you expect? And they're an AAU team, so no. But I say it's useless because of the uh, the roster he's got. What do you think, folks? Because of the team. Mm. Yeah, I think it's always it's a useful stat to say shit out of two hundred games minimum. He's got the worst sure. record. Um, and he's stuck in a rock and a hard place. Like if you if you honestly bench some of those young stars, you're going to get in trouble by the front office, right? Yeah. So, what's he supposed to do? Where's his leverage? I mean, I, I would die on my own sword. And and we see the, we hear about this so much. If you listen to the front office too much, you're still going to get fired. Mm-hmm. If you're not good, not good. And he's going to get fired mm-hmm. regardless, regardless of what's going mm-hmm. on. So I'd rather die on my own sword. So I'd say it's useful in that fact. But yeah, their team sucks. So I totally agree with that. All right, players with a thousand points, fifty steals, and fifty blocks this season. There's one. <sighs> thousand points, fifty steals, fifty blocks. That, yeah, I, I, fifty blocks. I'm gonna say Giannis or, or or over. Giannis? No, you never get this one. Uh, Shea. Ah, okay. That's the reason I put it in there because he's been in the useful, useless a couple of weeks in a row, and he has some unique stats. But that's that's one I did not expect from Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 1,000-plus points, 50-plus steals, and 50-plus blocks. Useful or useless? Useful for sure. I mean, it just it, it just shows you how sort of multi-talented the kid is. And, and, and across the board, he he just brings a lot of talent and a lot of, a lot of impact in the game, not just scoring. So I, I would say that's definitely useful. Useful, yeah. Like I like quirky stats like this, and I would not have picked him with my top twenty. <laughs> Definitely would not. I would have been just Jared Jackson Jr., Giannis, yeah. Brooke Lopez. You know, like just trying through. But that's that's impressive. All right, trades broken this week, pro. Your guy Woj eleven, Shams ten. Useful or useless? <laughs> uh, I say it's useful. <laughs> He's got more guys leaking to him than he had. One more guy leaking to him than Shams had. So I had no idea. Shams is getting there though, bro. He's one. He's one away. Oh, dude, he's one away. No doubt. Like you know, you can only <laughs> this stuff. You can only stay on top for so long. You can, but there's always always some young guy that's coming in, and you know, like it's not like it's not a talent thing. You know, it's not a talent thing in the sense that like basketball, like playing or whatever. If you just have more people snitching to you and and leaking to you you're gonna win it and uh but shams is 
Look, yeah, but there's also incentives to do that and how they do the incentives. There's been rumors of cash payments. There's been rumors of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. So there's a, there's an art form to cash, it, bro. It's not as easy as just like- Cash, pay, cash payments? Like, I never heard that. I've heard I've heard the whole I scratch your back, you scratch mine deal, but I didn't I didn't hear the whole cash payment deal. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't mm, know that. I've heard. Yeah. yeah. If, if, I mean, if you're a nothing agent, you know, you need to get some info out there or get some info back or get some pro or- you know, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, hey, look, it it goes to show that that you know, like it goes to show that that sort of clothed in for sure. Eleven to ten, who the fuck take who the fuck takes the time to like figure out who broke who broke it earlier? All I I think Pat Beverly tweeted out. Oh yeah, that was fucking. Hilarious. <laughs> I traded like that was hilarious. I didn't even pay attention. He said Shams is Shams is catching catching Woj or something like I, that. I thought it was then... Woj. I thought it was Woj beating Shams because it was like it was the Allen Iverson. It was the Iverson Ty Lu deal, and I thought it was um, Woj stepping over Shams. I thought maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea, but um, I thought it was fucking. I thought it was funny. Coming from Beverly, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I think it's a useful, useless stat, yeah. but uh, they're the two main guys breaking stories. Last one, the 76ers were 10-0 when Matisse Thibel played 20 minutes this season. I think, I think useful, it's useful. Useless. I think the guy, look, his shot is getting a little bit better. I mean, obviously, that's a frustrating thing. His offense is frustrating, but, I mean, he definitely brings athleticism, defense, um, you know, um, somebody with that, with that plays hard. I think it's definitely useful for sure. I think small sample size. It's it's, it's quite kind of quirky. It's never know when he plays more than twenty minutes. But they didn't um, play much. I think it's useless. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's too small of a sample size. It's ten and zero. It's one of those unique sure. quirky stats. But I love Matisse. But uh, useless to me. All right, fact or fake news? I'm going first. I got one for you. Does LeBron's record get broken in our lifetimes? Pro fact or fake news? Mm. LeBron's record will get broken in our lifetime. <laughs> nice. Fact or fake news? Um, I say fake news. I think it's it's going to be really hard to stay healthy that long. You know, I, I think it's going to be really hard for somebody to be at that level scoring it and stay healthy. I mean, the guy, the guy has stayed. It's unbelievable that the guy was able to stay healthy. I mean, he hasn't had one really major injury. You know. Um, in his career, which, and then think about it, like think about any player that you've ever watched in basketball at that age from 34, 35 to 39, that does the things that he does athletically. I've never seen it. And I never seen a guy get that lucky with injury stuff, not being hurt over really majorly hurt throughout his, you know, most of his career. So I don't think anyone's going to break it. I think it's going to be really tough. Fact, I don't think anyone's going to uh, – sorry, yeah. No one's going to break it in our lifetime, so fake news. But um, what do you got? All right, Bogues, couple. I'll, I'll get two. Um, you heard about Westbrook and, and what's coming out in the media with LA, what they're, what they're bringing out with him, with um, being the vampire of the locker room, they, they called him, uh, when they traded mm. him. Fact or fake news? He Well, he was a vampire in the locker room, fact or fake news. In your opinion, fake news. Uh, fake news. Uh, I think he, from, from the people that I've spoken to that have played with him, they love him. They, they, they said off the floor, he's a fantastic teammate. Um, he is intense. Um, 
he will have un, you know unpleasant conversations with you at times because just the way he's he go the way he's wired on the court. But they said as far as the way he goes about things off the floor, even with arena workers and people that people you know staff that people forget about. I heard he's first class, and I think this is all just sour grapes because of the Lakers season. This is this is so clutch slash ESPN slash LeBron. You know, that's why we were bad. That was the that was the reason why we're not going to make the playoffs this season. That's what it read like to me. So I don't I don't buy it. Um, I, I think he's been hard done by. Look, he has his he has his issues from time to time and problems, but this is ridiculous how much they're going after him. He's still a very serviceable player. He's still going to be a Hall of Famer. And I don't remember a guy getting this much flack. So much so that I believe ESPN put out a post that that very post that you spoke about. That was ESPN, right? Um, they were deleting positive comments off the post <laughs> pro. Um, that people people were like, "Nah, ESPN, like, f you, this is bullshit." Russ is Russ is a good dude. Blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. They were deleting positive comments, man. Um, that's noted online. People can can, can search for that. So. Uh, I'm not buying it. Um, total fake news. Yeah, I think it's fake news. From what I've heard in the, in the locker room, no one's really had a problem. I mean, they you know guys like him. Look, you may not like the way that guy plays. I mean, he's not he his his style isn't for everybody. Uh, I do respect the fact that he goes at your throat, you know, twenty four seven, and the guy's just angry twenty four seven on the court. I like that. Um, do I like his game? No, I don't. But I do like that. And I do think that, like, he was a scapegoat for a lot of this stuff. And, look, they they traded him. You know, it's not like they traded for him. It's not like he wanted to be there and he signed him a free agency and there was all these promises of what's going to happen. They traded for him and they didn't figure out the best way to sort of use him until later and all that stuff. Um, I think it's bullshit. I, I, I think it's fake news i don't think it was a vampire hey look was he moody from time to time about the winning losing and then dealing with that stuff i'm sure but who isn't isn't, right you know so that yeah that's that i definitely did all right last one because i know we gotta go uh bogues right now currently oklahoma city thunder is like you know they're they're right now sitting in 11th place does the the oklahoma city thunder will make the play-in round at least this year, fact or fake news? Oh, tough one. Tough, tough one. Let me pull up the standings real quick. They're 11th. Utah, oh, they're, no, they're in 10. Oh, at they're the 10? They're in 10 at the okay. moment, bro. Yes, t- as of today, they do. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah they're, they're, uh, they've won two in a row. They're, one, they're half a game against Utah, uh, up on Utah. Okay. I think they do. Mm. I'll say fact. I think they've got more incentive to get there. I think it's useful for them to get there more than it is Utah. Utah's going to probably have a whole different team in the next couple of years with all their picks. Um, and I think Utah's Oklahoma City two years ago, if that makes sense, um, with what they're trying to do. Portland's a sneaky one because they can get hot with Dane, but they're, they're just up and down like a yo-yo. I think OKC are decent. They're solid. They play well together. I watched that Lakers game, obviously, and they played pretty well. Um, I think they have an incentive to get their young guys at least experience that playing playoff atmosphere, and I will say fact they're going to make it. They're going to make the ten. Yeah, me too. I think they are. I think they are. Look, you know, if it was close, if they were in the top three of the worst teams, I'd say go for it. But you know, look, they've they've got they've got too much. In my opinion, I mean, anything could happen, right? But I think it's too much room to to cover as far as like losing games and and getting to that spot. And they're playing so well, like they're. They're they're playing everybody tough, and you know 
Um, them and Orlando have been fun to watch, like having them, like watching them play teams because they play hard as hell. They're they're go- they're sort of they're in it for each other. They seem like they got good guys. I think they're gonna. I definitely think they're, they're gonna gun for it. I think they're gonna get it. I think they're gonna get in for sure. So I say fact. They the, those two teams are the prototype of how you how you tank pro. In my opinion, you look at how it should be done while still being competitive. I like the way they've gone about it. They haven't blatantly just sold their soul for losses. They still value playing the right way in their losses, and they're competitive. Um, you can't. If I was a fan of both those teams, no matter you know that were that were bad and our records bad, I'd still show up to watch because I can see I can see the method to the madness. Um, whereas you know maybe the Spurs and a few other teams. You know, it's questionable at times. So, congrats to both those teams. All right, that wraps up this week. Big game for the Kings coming up. Make sure you get out there if you're in Sydney for game one, if you're in Cairns for game two. Same goes for if you're in Tasmania later on in the week and back in New Zealand if there's a game three. So, see you all out there. Thank you, Pro. See you next week. All right, guys. See you next week. Thank you. Let's get rogue.